0: Out the garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. Oh, we have our third movie in our September extravaganza. Uh, this one, I uh, first time watch for both of us. Spectravaganza? extravaganza? Yeah, yeah. Spec, spec, yeah. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> it's a ghosty movie. It's spectacular. It is. It's very ghosty. Very ghosty. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this is first time watch. Is, we first time watch. Um, but I, I'm not, you're not totally void of connection to, or have awareness of this movie before it would ever went into production. Um, Correct. I'm not. You're not. Uh, we'll get to that when we get to yeah, it. We'll okay, later but, on. Okay. I'm I've talked about this one before. I, I will, I will not uh, intend to be disrespectful to try to say certain things. So. I try to focus on the, you know, on the 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 different characters saying the title of the of it throughout the movie, and I'm like, oh, man, I still don't know how to say it. So anyway, you're already looking at it. it's the Curse of La Lorna. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to insert somebody else from the movie saying it right here. Yeah, just
1: just cut in, dude. You, go with Raymond Cruz. I think he's the closest.
0: Yes. Uh, so the Curse of the Weeping Woman is what it's known for in some markets, and I'm. I'm going to go with that. Um, but the reason why the, the, they're very deliberate with a name like that is because of the, the market they were going for. They were going for the, for Latino market, um, based on this Latin American folklore of this weeping woman, uh, who drowned her, (laughs) drowned her kids. In In a a fit of rage. Yeah. In a rage because her, you know, because her husband was, was, uh, Hitting some side piece, and uh, he wanted, she wanted to take away the thing that was most important to him to hurt him, and that was his her children or his children. But then of course that's she's a being you know mother now because she realized that she killed her own children. That's the the folklore there, and she and, keeps
1: uh, trying to give them back to get her kids back.
0: Yeah. So the, this malevolent spirit is always going after someone's kids. Yeah. The movie's produced by uh, Atomic Monster for good reason. It is part of the Conjuring universe. It was the sixth yep. entry in the series, and it's got um, a particular character actor in there that's that, that is carryover, and that's a uh, Tony Amendola playing Father Perez carryover from uh, Annabelle, I believe. Father Perez. Yeah, this movie's got a couple of people you recognize in it, other than than Tony. Linda Cardellini's in it, playing the the main characters of a mother in the movie. Playing Anna. Yeah. Uh, Raymond Cruz will show up later on as Raphael. He's uh, always fun.
1: <laughs> always. He's very,
0: he's very L.A., which is fun that he's in this.
1: Yeah, man, totally. It, dude, like, I can't think of one person that would have been better in, in this movie than Raymond Cruz.
0: Yeah, and he's great. And it's nice seeing him play something that's not his normal shtick. You know he's not playing some banger or some criminal or something, or, a or cop. like playing Tuco on Breaking Bad, or I forget his character. What was his character name in Training Day?
1: Oh God, I don't even remember, I,
0: dude. It's weird because
1: Raymond Cruz to me at some point became a cop on because of, of the Closer because he was on
0: the Closer for seven seasons, right? And right. he was one of uh, Brenda Lee's guys. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's really fun, and also the full head of hair too is uh, something that throws you off a little bit if you're used to seeing him. With a shaved with a, Yeah, shaved head shaved yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. The third person that you've seen more than once is uh, Patricia Valasquez, who was in the first two Mummy movies, the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, and she plays what I like to refer to as Fake Marta from Arrested Development. If you know Arrested Development, you know why I call her Fake Marta, because she's Fake Marta. And it's funny, there's, there's times where she looks just like her, and there's times where she doesn't look like herself. And I think that has a lot to do with the, the lighting and the... Makeup choices in this, but it was halfway through that opening scene where Linda Cardellini, who plays a social worker, gets called to Patricia's home uh, to do a, a checkup because they haven't checked in with her for a while. And then she's been their social worker for four years to find the kids are locked up in a closet. <laughs> so, with all kinds of uh, interesting artworks all over the floor and the door, and it's has got a padlock on it. It's not just a doesn't a knob with a lock on it. It's padlock with a big fat. Dude,
1: it's got a big hasp on it. I mean it's it's you know, she's going for broke deadbolt. It's got a hasp with a right. you, ancient you, lock.
0: <laughs> you think she's trying to keep something in? No. She's trying to keep something out from protecting her children we discover inside the closet from this weeping woman and that's going after. Her. Her kids, and this is we we don't know the story yet, right? We get we get the story from Father Perez later on when Linda Carlini starts grilling him about something. Yeah, it's a it's an it's it's a it's a good setup. It's super simple, and it's for a movie. It's a third in a fran a sixth in the franchise. It's fun that they took something that didn't have to do with the other movies. Again, the only connective tissue here between this and the other movies is father Perez being involved with the Annabelle series. So that's the only place that it, that's, that's this connective. So it's a, kind of like a standalone, a lot like we were talking about with paranormal and then the last paranormal next to Kim being such a standalone movie from the others in the series. Right. So it, that's another thing that, that people makes people forget it's a conjuring movie because it doesn't have the word conjuring in there. Like when well, Annabelle it's, it's, first came out, they pl- they plugged it that way.
1: Right. It's, kind of, it's similar like with The Nun, right? Like The Nun was the same way, the first Nun, and then now there's a Nun too that actually came out this
0: weekend. Right, and speaking last of that, uh, the this, this same director, Michael Chavez. Yeah, Michael Chavez. N- but both those movies. And, and he did the, the last conjuring, the one right. that ended up going straight to HBO Max, uh, The Devil Made Me Do It, which again... L- I think, honestly,
1: it's probably the, my favorite of the three.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, and because it was, it was, it wasn't a haunting. Right. It was, it was different. And I, yeah. I like the way they went for something different. I heard The Nun too is pretty fucking fun from my, from, and they've been doing some weird ass promotions for that too.
1: My brother saw it. I talked to my brother. He, he saw it for his birthday. He saw it yesterday and he said, he said, it's fun, but it's not Scary. Like oh I don't know but you know again my brother's jaded so nothing's really scary yeah to him. but
0: but that's, I think that that says you said that a lot about a, a, a lot of the Conjuring movies uh, yeah like I a, wouldn't in, say a lot of, this
1: movie's not scary but it's fun it's it's a it's a vibe it's got some good <gasps> yeah, scares in it, it, it for sure it's got some good jump scares there's some moments like where you know things you know but I mean for me I I feel like it, it fits in with our ghost stories because it's not like. You know, it's not super scary and violent. And, you know, right. it's not like, there's not a lot of shock value. Um, it's a good story and, you know, it, and it's very
0: atmospheric. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the production design on it is solid. And that's something about all of the Conjuring movies and Insidious movies. We talked pre-Mike about how they get the setting right for 1973. Everything feels authentic. The clothes work, the cars work. Hair and makeup, all of it, dude. With one exception. <laughs> There's one moment in the backyard. I didn't mention this to you when we were talking earlier. The backyard's so big. The pool in the backyard is so massive. I'm like, yeah, that's how it was in 73. You used to have these big backyards. I mean, you know the house isn't like that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's- dude, my, f- my favorite thing in that shot is that beautiful yellow and white umbrella
1: it's just sort of breaking that sort of grayish landscape yeah. and then you get that sort of sort of sad pop of color it's perfectly yeah. faded a giant yard and a giant pool
0: right <laughs> i love that old school diving board the main yeah, diving board with the, absolutely with, with the pipes and everything that's so again if you grew up when we grew up that that whole thing makes so much sense and I like there, there's three different umbrellas in the movie I think the one that's out by the pool there's one where the, the young daughter is using yep. and there's one other one but it's, like, it's really clever how they're used as well as, as shower curtains are used too dude when I can pop in for a little bit but when girls taking a bath oh yeah fuck dude again it's not scary stuff it's just creepy as fuck really mom just- that hurts <laughs> the I love the makeup on the Weeping Woman. I thought she just and it's four or five different versions of it. I like that we get to see the actress, you know, when you finally get to get a chance to see her without the makeup on or anything like that. I I thought that was fantastic.
1: I love the poster, dude. Okay that uh that one sheet is fucking fantastic. Okay, the one where that's
0: just her by herself? No, no, the one where she's got the two kids. Yeah, there's that one, and the other one with their buyers and the reflection
1: you're seeing the front and it,
0: there's no kids in the reflection. Yeah, it's really good, and, and and when you see the movie, you know that it's it's Linda Cardellini's kids because uh, the 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 uh, weeping woman she uh, she had two sons that she that she murdered in the in the water. So it's it, you know that it's her kids, but you don't only know that once you've seen the movie. Otherwise, you don't you just see a boy and a girl. You don't realize what's going on there. Yeah, I feel, I feel like the art direction in the movie spilled over into the marketing of the movie itself. It just has that same tone and it really sells what you're going to see in the movie and, and super solid all the way through. Sound design though, all these movies, the sound design just kills and low end is always a big thing. You know, you you're a your, your very active subwoofer if you got a decent five one system at home and it was active. I had to take down some things that I normally keep on my subwoofer, like Miami and uh, a statue that I have there, I had to take them off because otherwise that subwoofer will vibrate to the point things will fall off of it because I've had things fall off and break before, so I didn't want that to happen. But sound design, very atmospheric, very immersive. I was hearing things that I don't think I would have heard in a stereo mix um it's it would be too low. Cause you know that thing we used to get with the DVDs, right? And you always have you have to turn it up so you can hear dialogue yeah, and then totally. everything explodes. It, the having that separation of five one makes a difference. But one again, wonderful sound design, lots of care being put in there, you know, lots of unique sounds.
1: Yeah, lots of low end dude. Yeah. It's it's good. It it, it really helps with the fear the feeling of dread.
0: Yeah. And then there's and there's lots too and there's lots of dread. <laughs> lots of dread. The the whole setup though again is Linda Carlini is a caseworker is a for child services caseworker, and uh, it's also the what sets it all in motion is as I mentioned earlier her checking in on on a, a family and discovering uh, that she's not exactly the woman the mother's not exactly taking care of her kids they see fit so she's got a there's a police officer there so. He's got to do what he has to do, and he's got to take take the kids away. And uh, I won't tell you what happens there. Just bad shit happens. Eventually, the the kids flat get taken away from the mom and put in, uh, yeah, shelter, child services shelter or something like that. Some kind of municipal building. Yeah, the one of the boys gets called away, and he's sleepwalking, and the younger brother follows him. And eventually... <laughs> The, the, the weepy woman finds them in the hallway, and next thing you know, Linda Carlini's getting a call. Into the river, they go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was super clever, L.A. River. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Linda Carlini gets called to the scene to identify the boys, and of course, the mom shows up going crazy. It's your fault. You did this.
1: <laughs> it's, That's George C. Scott, left over from the uh, <laughs> <a> change league. <laughs>
0: Totally. When you have, again, Linda Carlini is a single mom because uh, the, she lost her husband, who was a police officer. Who was a cop. I, I guess, yep. Yeah, and I, I guess they didn't really get into the, I mean, figure no, he died don't in really, the line of duty, but yeah, but they didn't really say anything.
1: I'm really glad that they didn't go down the route. I don't care why he's out of the picture. He's just out of the picture and it's fine with me. There's a great picture of him with a, with a, you know, with his little uh, St. Jude pendant hanging. It reminded me of the of uh, of Melvin Douglas from uh, yeah, you know that moment. I was like, oh look, there's another callback because there's another callback in this movie from <laughs> from uh, that as well. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. They don't go. The thing is, they don't overexplain everything. It's what makes this movie. This this what makes this movie move. And it's ninety minutes, man. And you don't feel cheated right. at the end. And it, it's not like. You're like, God, come on, man. Do we need, you know, they don't over-explain everything. Um, right. You get exactly what you need. And, you know, the story, They, they. it's again, they're doing the show me. They're showing you. They're not telling you, which is awesome.
0: Right. We should note that uh, there was another familiar face in there, and that's Sean Patrick Thomas playing Detective Cooper, who clearly knew the Linda's husband. Um, they could have been right. partners. It's hard to say. But if he's a detective, he probably wasn't. Um, you just probably knew him from, from the precinct. He was like, he was like, he was a friendly face, but he's, he's her confidant. I kept waiting for
1: them to hook up,
0: dude. Yeah. But again, they don't have to. Thank
1: God, they didn't. Yeah. Right. Because that's
0: not necessary. The, yeah.
1: <laughs> nope. Not but the, it seemed like they were going to, I was like, oh, is this going to slow down the story? But they didn't do it. And that's great. No. But they didn't do it. Yeah. Don't need
0: to. We get to the moment where Raphael, Raymond Cruz's character shows up to help the family and they're at the house and. I love when he puts down when he kicks the weeping woman out of the house, and he puts down what looks like ground up uh, chili flakes, red pe- pepper flakes,
1: <laughs> right? Or like, or it, or it looks like a you know it looks like he uh, sucked like a colony of ants out of the ground,
0: <laughs> red ants. <laughs> There's so much really fun things in there. That's something that again that red we haven't seen. The, the, the colors again it, for a movie that has deliberate color shifts in it. Yeah for feeling to draw those emotions
1: it's very earthy dude the the earth tones are really speaking to this because this movie is you know very it's grounded in like you know the elements
0: yeah and one of the other big things that's a staple in the conjuring series no matter which movie you watch an annabelle movie a conjuring movie or even the nun movies the moments where you're feeling those cool blue colors in there that's when they fuck with you (laughs) a lot in the movie. So when you see those things happen, they're not as telegraphed in this as they are in the other movies, which I thought was good too. But like I said, even though it's this Conjuring movie, it still fits on its own. It stands on its own because it has nothing to do with those other movies.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to see any, here's the thing. You could watch this movie and not know anything about any of those other, or not have seen any of them. And you could still enjoy this movie because you don't have to, it doesn't, it's a distant relative. Right. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to see the nun or Annabelle or any of the Conjury movies. It's kind of a standalone and it's cool that it is connected in a, you know, it's a fun way to be connected if you have seen the other movies, but if you were just to see this on a plane or wherever, yeah, you could totally enjoy this on its own and not know anything about that stuff, which
0: is cool. Right. One of the things that I found really intriguing about the movie was the kids, I don't recognize either one of these kids, they look familiar, but they they've done nothing before or since. Don't they look like they could come right out of the Adams family though? The daughter, especially.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean,
0: yeah,
1: which is cool. I, uh, yeah, I, but yeah, I, I hadn't seen these kids in anything. That's the, the crazy thing about the cat is dude, everybody's good in it. And some of these people I've never, I've never even heard like Irene King who, you know, I think she showed Donna has like one scene in the movie and she was Donna. she's like one of the co-workers yeah, she's the one
0: that like, she she's her rival right her rival yes right. like, exactly she but she's good. she's just someone that shows up and runs the case on her yeah right one question
1: for you is who let Patricia Velasquez out of jail to come over and fuck everything up right? I thought she was locked up
0: <laughs> right and that's a solid switch by the way too. I was fully yeah. convinced. I'm like, wait how the fuck did she cross the line? right? Yeah
1: yeah no, it's a good switch.
0: really, really well done.
1: That great tense moment where um, after he's laid everything out and and little Samantha is reaching out the door for uh, oh my god, dude for the doll, so good, and, you know, so good. yeah, it's totally good, man. Yeah. It's hard to believe this movie's six years old and I hadn't seen it yet. I mean, I never got it, just never got around to it. Ah, man, it's only four years. Oh, old. it's not; it's four years old, right? I mean, I, 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 for me, it's six years old because when I when I when I read it, uh, it was twenty seventeen. So there you go.
0: There you uh, go. I think one of the reasons why, it, to me, it stands out so uniquely is, like I noted, it is its own thing. They kind of tease, uh, you know, a potential sequel with a puddle of water oh, yeah. at the end. Yep, because yeah, I mean, all, I'm not the way I looked at it. Is this? I don't think she's ever gonna see that. This family's ever gonna see it come back. I think they have beat her because they killed the curse. Now, we talked on the Changeling one, and we, we both loved how there was no, you got to do this, this, and this. It'll make it go away. But Raphael's like, going. man, there's nothing I could stop. We, we can't stop her. I can just protect you forever, and that's all we can do. Right. I can't stop her from doing it. So I thought that was really clever that they just, out of desperation, the mother just does something that she feels is natural to her and takes the, <laughs> takes the crucifix and jams it into her heart at the end. I, there's only one thing I would have done differently about it if, if there was no true resolute. Is like she's a woman that would protect her kids, and maybe the mother killing. The, if she would have killed herself, I don't know. That could have been something to make that work. But I, the movie saw though, man. I, I I love it. It's like it's it's. I think because it's it's unexpected. I mean, I knew the storyline, but that was it. I thought it was a well-told story, well-acted. Again, with it with ghost movies, atmosphere is everything. And yeah, they, totally. They, like we know, they nailed that throughout throughout yeah. the entire movie. No, yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, the set pieces are great. Like everything, you know, everything looks, like I said, from the hair, makeup, the wardrobe, everything in this movie, seamless. You know, you really want, here's the thing, I was never annoyed by any of it. Like sometimes in these kind of movies, you get super annoyed by like, why is it happening to us? You know, they you get it goes that road and you're like, right. oh, fuck off. Right. You know why it's happening to you? Because you fucking open that closet door. God damn it. <laughs> but we don't ever get to the point where she's like, this isn't, you know, you don't, it doesn't go that way. It's just like, right. okay, we're
0: in the shit. We got to figure it out. Part of right. When you get to the point where you're asking, wait, why the hell is she following this family now? What does this have to, what? I don't get it. Cause you think that it's just, just random. Now we find out that that Patricia is the one that put, she called. She prayed for the curse to be put on yeah. her family for taking her kids away. Yeah, yeah, dude. I thought that. Was, so it made me wonder: this, how did that happen with Patricia? It's like thinner, I, dude. So,
1: yeah, right. You can you can transfer the curse, but you have to give up something, and it's you know it's life. You have to be able you have to be willing to sacrifice something else, right. just like in thinner.
0: So it makes you wonder who who
1: gets sacrificed. Somebody's got to eat that pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit!
0: Even if it's your daughter and she comes home from college and eats it by accident, John Russell, man, making massive movie mistakes. Yeah, we talked about in the Changeling episode. Yep. Only character in this movie that makes a mistake. You're just going, no, no, don't, don't, don't. It's a little girl. She doesn't well, no yep. fucking no better, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's it, though. No, I don't see any adults making dumb mistakes. No, they're not doing the dumb movies that, you know. I mean,
1: also, I kind of like the, what's the line that Amendola says, you know? Well, you don't have to be religious to have
0: faith. Yeah, yeah.
1: Pretty good line. Also, you know, delivered by Tony Amendola. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of, you know, he sticks the landing, right? It's like, yeah. Because it was a thing that stayed with me through the rest of the movie. I'm like, yeah, that's, of course. You know, he doesn't have, he has faith. Yeah. That's why it works. It doesn't have anything to do with, you know the church or anything else, which I thought was kind of cool.
0: I wish that he and F. Murray Abraham need to do a, like a bro- movie about brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Some brothers right. They like so much alike, dude. It's, it's freaky sometimes how how alike they look. They could be brothers. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Okay. So I want to talk about Tony Amendola a little bit more and we, we're, we're praising him right now. So we want to, I also want to point out he had a reoccurring on once upon a time. So here we are, for The second time this month, we have a, an alum from Once Upon a Time. Jennifer Morrison was, right. he was the, also on that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he on Continuum? Like it was like, which is that Canadian show where they do a time travel and all that. It was. Yeah. 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 yeah I think he was on That's it. right. Sure. Yeah. Because he, he played Edward. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He, he was the baddie.
1: I feel like that those might be the same producers that produced
0: the Stargate shows. Yeah. It, and it has to and be he was integral they, to Stargate. Yeah. And they were fully set up up there to make all that stuff. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's one of those guys that would just show up like one episode, two episodes of like, yep. like on Angel or X-Files or Lewis and Clark totally. or, you know, Voyager. And, and he's one of those guys, when you hire him, you know what you're getting, you know, you're going to do is going to stick his landing. Like you said earlier, every time. He's just one of those guys that, that just delivers. Yeah, man. And Ian, if they had to shoehorn him into a, from the other movie, fine. But he fits the role perfectly. Even if they end up just changing his name to make sure he's just to stick him in there, saying, know, oh, it's a Conjuring movie." I don't even that. It kind of feels like that sometimes, where you think that's just that's the only connective tissue between them, because it definitely is a standalone thing and it's good and it's better for it because it doesn't have to answer to the other movies and um, just can tell its story that it wants to tell. it's And it's a good, it's a fun story. I mean, it, and it really f- feels like an accurate portrayal of this folklore. I like mean, maybe you'll go, hey, is this real? Is this true? Is this like a real folklore? Folk yeah, but apparently it is. So there you go. I
1: love the way that he's used too. They, you know, they use him sparingly. He's in the one scene and it's kind of it. Like you don't, right. you know, he doesn't come back, I, you know, because I was like, oh God, please don't let him show up at the house and like, the, you know, but I'm like, oh, I, you know but he's is it, and then I was like trying to think of like in the universe of it all, where is he dead? Would he be dead if he, if he died in this, would he be able to be an animal? <laughs> like, cause I don't know. <laughs> cause I, I couldn't keep it all straight, but I was just like, I was hoping that he wasn't going to show up, you know, right. in the house and be like, you know, holding up, <laughs> may the power of Christ compel you <laughs> <laughs> out.
0: Since we're talking about the atmosphere so much, you got to talk about uh, Michael Burgess, who's the DP on the movie. Son of Don Burgess. Yes. I would I would think so, considering he got into the game working on cameras and eventually became full on DP. Yeah, yeah. His first feature film that he directed was The Nun. As far as uh, first feature film he was DP on, so that's pretty rad. And then, but he's definitely been around for in the James Wan um, world because I think the first thing he worked on was I was on Conjuring Two, just part of the, the camera team. He did second unit DP work and believe it or not he did three episodes of Bosch. how about that shit <laughs> mm-hmm. there you go probably our most favorite show on the, that' really the karate in the garage is is Bosch. but no but he did some great stuff and of course he did the nun too i think he's worked on all Chavez's movies
1: yeah i think so
0: also he did malignant two years ago
1: yeah and he is the son of uh don burgess well there you
0: go yeah don burgess he's clearly got talent because it those three movies we just mentioned all have very unique looks to them, right? And it shows. This is one of those ones, too, where we were, like, talking about where, I'm like, this is going to be, this is, like, probably the most middle of the road we've been on something. It hits all its marks. It does its job. It's effective. Yeah. And If you've ever seen it before, it's worth a watch. Uh, what are we, Where is it currently on? Was it on Max, right? It's on Max, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It's well. It's on Max because it's part of the Conjuring. All those. Oh, uh, all right. the Conjuring universe. The, all, if you've never dove down that road, I mean, I don't know who hasn't. But at this point, except for me, I haven't seen all of them because I've, <laughs> I've, I haven't seen. There's pieces I'm missing, but it's okay. But this is s- sitting right there, man. Queue it up. Check it out. I mean, it's funny because we wouldn't we, originally we wouldn't even be covering this movie. It's so weird, right? Right. It seems so perfect. But it's just it wasn't something I thought of when we were when we originally came up with this, you
0: know, even when we no. came up with throwing a newer, you know, a newer title in with these things. Yeah, and what's funny about it is again, not to get into it too much. But <laughs> we did watch something else. <laughs> we did watch something else. But this is what's really fucking weird about it. And we, we picked this over discussing the other one. This, the movie we're not we're talking about right now, and the changing all have like bathtub yeah, shit. Yeah, totally it. do, right? Yeah. And it's real bathtub stuff, like standalone bathtub stuff. It's not, there's not connected to pipes. It's like, nope. you got to bring the water to the tub kind of thing.
1: Even the one we kicked to the curb had a good bathroom thing in it. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I say good, I just mean, you know, it had a bathroom thing in it. Those were, those moments
0: were the best. when Those those were the only good moments. With her, with her curtain. Yeah. That was, that was really good. Yep. But again, like we talked about lots of other movies moments don't make a movie
1: (laughs) no and what's crazy about it is like this to me is like the better version of that type movie like you know what i mean yeah if the other movie is the blandest version (laughs) that you're ever gonna see this (laughs) this this makes perfect sense that we swapped him because this is the cool fun took chances did things right version yeah the other one is not it's just
0: yeah also to add to the atmosphere i don't want to neglect this man that has done a lot of James Wan's movies and that's uh, Joseph Bashara is the composer on it. So in his cues have very unique, have always a very uh, special, it just, you know, when a Joe Bashara score is happening, but with this, it allowed him to do something a little different because of just the, the folklore and the tone of the movie itself was supposed to be grounded in, again, in a, in a Mexican folklore story. So in his cues uh, were changed accordingly. You, if you put on a playlist of stuff from Insidious and Conjuring movies, of that he's done, and hit on shuffle, I probably couldn't identify which one was which. But if you throw a couple of from this movie in there, I'd recognize them. I'd know my stamps because they are very different from the other ones. But all those things that make the atmosphere, sell the atmosphere, sound design, score. Production design, cinematography, it all perfectly married together in this. Like all of the stuff that comes out of Atomic Monsters production house. They all. Yeah, man. They got it dialed in. Doing. Yeah. I oh, remember we, we got there fast.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's number three for the month. We got two more left. Those two are exactly the two that we chose. We're not, <laughs> they are going to be what they're going to be. They're going to be what they're going to be. They're titles that you guys know. When, when you get there, you'll be like, oh, cool. Right on. Yeah. I'm glad we watched this. I'm glad the other movie was as subpar, subpar as it was, because I don't know if I would ever come around to watching this, you know, it's been sitting on the streamer for four years and, or for at least three of the last four years. And I never thought to turn it on.
1: I don't even know what made me think of it. Oh, uh, or maybe it was, you know, I was just looking for something. I, I don't know. When we were Talking about finding titles, you know, and it was just something that came to mind because it comes up in my. uh You may like this. It comes up every time I turn on my fucking <laughs> Max or Prime. It does show up in my uh, in my algorithm. So yeah, man. Uh, you know, again, glad I finally got around to watching it. It, w- it was a super fun watch. Yeah, yeah. This would have been a really fun movie to jump into and sort of design this. Fuck, I liked it. I was worried because, you know, it, again, I don't I don't give much fucking credence to meta scores and low IMDB ratings because there's a lot of haters out there or people that just, you know, want to fucking, you know, they don't want everything to be good. So they just, you know, you can give something a one and there's no, you know, um, dude, I don't think I've ever given a one. Even the movie we punted, I wouldn't give a one. I mean, it's it's not a, you know, but you go and you look at things and you're like, you know, this has got 55,000 views and it's a five and a 5.2, which to me seems kind of low, especially when the movie we punted is over, is like almost six and a half.
0: It's is crazy. Yeah. And I don't understand why that is because like, you know, if you're going, if you're just looking at a five point scale, right. I don't know why I get, was the movie coherent? Did it make sense? Yes. Was it put together, you know, nicely? Sure. Just was, it was boring. So you, you can't, I mean, I would give it a two and a half just because it's hard to make a movie. It made sense. It just, it was just boring. Two and a half out of 10 or two and a half out of five? (laughs) Two and a half out of five. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's railing in. I don't, I don't think, I don't even, I don't think that's fair. No, but, but, but six point whatever on IMDb, that's crazy. There must be a different version, the rest of the world's seen, that we didn't see. Because uh, this one I loved. Did I really it. By the way, I got to point out, this is the second movie we've covered in the last two months that has Mexican folklore attached to it.
1: Oh, wow. You're right. The Black Demon was the yeah. other one. Yeah. And this is way better than The Black Demon. Let me just <laughs> go over there. Let me just say, we're not saying this is anywhere near as dreadful as the black if, demon if josh
0: lucas had showed up in the other movie i would have been like nope i'm out <laughs> i don't need this <laughs> yeah right i mean uh uh-uh, not doing it there you go cool so there's number three down so if you want to follow us on the socials i mean you know it's it's still the same thing it's Ack on insta letterboxd and twitter and you can follow Corey on Insta, Culper97, and on Letterbox Corey underscore Culp. If you'd like to you
1: follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your
0: Instagram, or you could follow me at
1: La lorona, at La La <laughs> at That's La, La <laughs> <at letterbox.com. laughs>
0: we're not mocking it we're just laughing at how silly we sound saying it well
1: it's also it's like everybody in the movie like dude like it's like again when you see the movie everybody pronounces it different like it's so funny it 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 just made me laugh I was like well you know again that's the thing dude like how do you say chupacabra (laughs) I mean (laughs) you know Ask ten people, they're all going to say it different, uh, you know. And maybe that, maybe that's one of the things that I, mean, I felt like maybe it was intentional because if everybody said it exactly the same and hit the same punctuation, it's bullshit because people don't talk like that in real life. So, I, you know, right. I, I, I think it's fine that you know, it, I, I don't know how it's really pronounced. I'm sure it's not pronounced like I just said it, but maybe it is. Who knows? Or, or me know, in the real world. But there you go.
0: There you go.